Hey, hi, hello, friends, and welcome to How to Health Radio with me, your host, Maddie Ray Cooper. And today, actually, it's it's just going to be me. You're just going to be listening to me. This is my first solo show or solo episode of the show, and I plan to do more of these because there's just so many things that I want to talk about with you guys. And, you know, I have a, a, a couple on the schedule, and there were several topics that I was kind of going back and forth between what do I want to talk about on this first solo show. And I actually woke up in the middle of the night a few nights ago and was like, this, this is the topic. Um, And so what I want to talk about today, I want this episode to be kind of a discussion of the tools and the strategies that I use to actually fit wellness things into my day, like getting morning sun, being intentional about my time on social media, making, making most of my meals at home. And actually having time to eat them, spending time in the sauna, doing coffee enemas, going on walks, working out, staying hydrated, all of those things. And I wanted to talk about this because I feel like so many of us, like we get it. We know all of the wellness things to do, or at least we have an idea of what we want to do and how we want to, or, or we know what we want to do, but we don't necessarily know the how. And so, you know, we're, we're going, going, going a million miles an hour. And then we get on social media and we see, oh, well, you should be doing this, 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 and this. And it's really hard to take that actual like, okay, I know I should be making all of my meals. I know I should be moving my body. I know I should be getting outside. How do I actually fit that into my day? So I wanted to talk about that today. And some of you know this, um, not everybody does, but before I opened my own practice, I worked for a weight loss company where I coached people on how to make healthy behavior changes. And I had an insane caseload at that job. During my time there, I coached probably close to a thousand people. And the most common issue that people had wasn't that they didn't know what they needed to do, but they didn't know how to make the changes in their habits and routines in order to make those things happen. And now that I've started my own practice, I see that in my current clients too. And I also have seen that be an issue for myself. Like I said, most of us know we should be spending time outside each day. We should be cooking our meals with whole ingredients at home. We should be moving our bodies. We should be getting eight hours of sleep. We shouldn't be spending most of our time in front of a screen. And yet when it actually comes to making these changes, it's very, very hard to break out of the habits that we have formed over years of behavior. Many of you have probably heard of a concept called decision fatigue, but for those who haven't, it's the idea that we have the ability to make a finite number of decisions each day, and the more decisions we have to make, the lower quality those decisions become over time. So when you're trying to create new habits or routines, you ideally don't want to be relying very much on your willpower to make decisions because it's a limited resource. You might be really excited about your new routine to work out in the afternoons after work, but after a tough work day, we've had to make a lot of decisions. Oh my gosh, it's just been really stressful. Everyone's coming to you with stuff and you're just like, ugh. And so by the time you get home, you're just like, all you have the energy to do is sit on the couch and scroll on social media or binge some Netflix. And you say, okay, well, I'll start my gym routine tomorrow when you have the energy. And so that cycle begins. And I have been fascinated by the idea of lifestyle design for probably like 10 years. And I really got into Tim Ferriss's podcast and his books in my early 20s. If you're not familiar with Tim, he's the author of the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, and was one of the early pioneers of like this idea of working remotely and starting a side hustle. And I've tried all of the techniques and hacks for behavior change and routine building, and most didn't work for me. You know, I, I read all of Tim's books. I listened to his podcast religiously. I tried all these things. 
And most didn't work for me because honestly, I am pretty ADD and I have a very hard time sticking to things when that initial like excitement of newness factor wears off for me. And I've seen this happen over and over for clients as well. And so I feel like maybe (laughs) the systems that I've found that have worked for me might help some of you guys too, because I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. And definitely one thing that I have learned with my struggles with changing habits, coupled with just my experience with working people, is that there's no one right way to build routines and to change your behavior. So different techniques work for different people. And I'm going to share with you guys the framework that helped me build routines and habits that I actually have found that I can stick with. But feel free to adapt this and find out what works for you. And don't be afraid to try some different strategies. It's taken me a very long time to figure out what really works for me. And part of finally figuring out my secret sauce has been being willing to change things. And if there's some an aspect of my routine that really feels hard and it's like a sticking point and I'm finding it hard to like maintain that or to stay consistent with something, I, to- I toss it out. So if you give something a, a week or two trial and it's just you're having a hard time sticking to it, toss it out, change it up, maybe change the time of the day that you're doing that thing or switch it to something else that feels a little bit easier. So what I want in a routine, I want it to feel comforting and supportive. And I want it to be something that I can lean on for stability and structure, especially on days that are challenging. I don't want it to feel burdensome or like a chore. So for me, I I'm obsessed with my routines now because it's something that just feels so supportive for me. And I think where the difference was is before when I tried to incorporate certain behavior changes, it was a chore that I had to do. And I always would feel guilty for not getting it done. It would feel hard. And that is not a recipe for success because <laughs> I would never stick to it. I would I would do it on the days where I had the energy or had the extra time. But as soon as something got hard, as soon as I got knocked out of my routine or I had a stressful day, the the new behaviors were the first things to go outside out of the window. So that is not what I want you guys to create. I want you to create something that is really supportive where you're like, you know, it's, it's almost – like your routine is, is like a hug where you can just kind of be like, oh, okay, thank goodness I have my routine. I can always kind of come back to this. This is the structure that kind of helps me design my day in a way that feels really good, even on days where I'm not at my best. And our bodies and our nervous system love routines. They love familiarity and they know love knowing what to expect. And having a consistent routine for me has become a really big part of my healing journey. And I think that the nervous system regulation benefits are now why I am low-key obsessed with my routines. <laughs> they make my body and my brain feel really safe. And I absolutely love that. And that's why I I'm just such a stickler for my routines now. And so that's what I want to try to help you guys create is like this routine that instead of feeling like, okay, I have to like, I have to journal in the morning. I have to do an ice bath. I have to work out. I have to go for a morning walk. I have to eat breakfast before I drink my coffee. Instead of it feeling like a chore, (laughs) I really want it to feel comforting. I want it to feel safe. So it's something where your nervous system is like, I don't have to think in the morning. I don't have to try to do things that are healthy for me. I don't have to try to do things that are supportive. 
because it's just my routine and it's just what I do. It becomes like a part of you. So yeah, does this sound like something that would be helpful for you? I hope it does. Um, And yeah, okay, so let's dive in to the actual meat and potatoes of what I'm talking about here. I'm going to go over a few things in this episode and we are basically going to do um, the kind of, I'm going to structure this like we're basically doing a little training together. So this will be kind of interactive. So if you have a pen and paper handy, great. Um, oh, actually, here's what I'll do. I will create a fillable worksheet with these questions in the, in Notion. Um, so you'll be able to go down to the description of this episode and there'll be a link. I love Notion. It is my favorite productivity platform and it's just super versatile, super useful. And it's kind of where I structure my life. It's like my second brain. And so I'm going to create like a worksheet for you guys in Notion. Um, It's a free application. If you don't already use it, if you don't already have an account, you can just quickly make an account for free and then you'll be able to open this little worksheet and just hit duplicate and make one for yourself. So then you can kind of have this as a database for yourself. Um, Or you can do it the old fashioned way, pen and paper, whatever works better for you. But I'm just going to kind of walk you through um, just like some questions and we're going to just kind of like talk through this together. And I'll also put all of the links um, to any apps and things that I mentioned that'll also be in the description. So don't worry about like remembering that stuff. It'll all be in the description of the episode. Okay. So first I want to talk about the why and then we'll talk about the how. And then last but not least, I'll share my strategy for being mindful about social media because we can't have a conversation about habits and time management without addressing that topic. Now, can we? So first, okay, the why. This is key because knowing your why is going to be the driving force behind actually making changes. Making changes to our habits and routines is one of the hardest things to do as a human. We really get like stuck in our habits and routines. Most of us, most humans do not like change. And so making intentional change to your behaviors is very, very challenging. So don't underestimate that. Um, And if it feels hard for you, that's okay. That's super normal. Um, So kind of going through just this, figuring out the why, like, why do you actually want to make these changes? Why do you want to have a morning routine? Why do you think that that's important? Um, How is that going to change your life? Why do you want to, you know, go sit outside in the morning? Why do you want to eat breakfast before you drink your coffee? Why do you want to move your body? Why do you not want to get on social media first thing when you wake up? Um, This is kind of going to be like your, your compass to come back to. So when things start to feel at all sticky or hard, you can kind of come back to your why as like a reset button to be like, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing this. So I need to keep going. So big question number one, I'm going to write this down. Why do you want to create routines? Why do you want better time management? Why is it important to you to be able to fit these certain things into your day? All right. Now we're going to pause together and write this down or type it out in your little worksheet. And I'm going to get a drink of water and change my sitting position because my foot is falling asleep. I'm actually sitting in, (laughs) I'm sitting in my sauna right now. 
um, like on the floor. I took out the little, if you guys have seen on Instagram, I have one of the little Therisage, um, like soft saunas. And I've been trying to figure out like a good place to record episodes because finding good audio is really hard. So I hope this sounds really good. Um, but today I was like, oh, okay, cool. So since I don't need to actually like talk to someone face to face, I'll just go sit in the sauna and I have like a blanket over the top. So the sauna's not on, but it's kind of hot in here <laughs> just because I'm breathing in here. Um, yeah. So just as you're, as you're writing down your habits and stuff, just uh, picture me awkwardly sitting crisscross applesauce in my sauna. <laughs> it's definitely really goofy, really goofy looking. Okay. So now that I've talked your ear off and distracted you while you are working on your why, um, okay, we're going to start to work on designing our morning routine. So these are the questions that I go through and ask myself. And these are also in the little worksheet. These are the questions that I ask myself when I first start building my routine. The first thing is how do I want to feel in the morning? And so this, you'll make a list of two to four things that you want to feel in the morning. This could be calm, relaxed, or energized, motivated. You get the idea. Just like what feelings do you want to feel? in the morning? What do you want your morning routine to help you to feel? And just keep it short. It doesn't have to be crazy. Okay. Question number two, what is my ideal wake up time? And this is pretty self-explanatory, but one thing that I do is what, what I put for this is my actual ideal wake up time, not necessarily the time that I do always wake up. So I usually wake up at like eight, but my ideal wake up time is 7.30 or even 7. So I'm slowly like working my way toward more consistently waking up between 7 and 7.30 instead of waking up at like 7.45, 8 o'clock. So this is my, for my ideal wake up time, I want to have it be actually, okay, what would be truly ideal? And then you can always work toward it. Okay. Question number three, how do I not want to feel. So this could be things like rushed, stressed, reactive, behind, um, things like that. How do you not want to feel in the morning? Okay. How many questions is that? All right. We're on question number four. What do I want to avoid doing in the morning? And for me, this was looking at my phone. This was drinking coffee before I had breakfast. So what habits or behaviors do you want to avoid doing in the morning? Okay, question five. What part of my current routine are, what parts of my current routine are working for me? So let's learn from what's already going well. What parts of your routine work well for you right now? Do you like showering and doing your skincare in the morning? Maybe you like to wake up and listen to a podcast or music, or maybe it's something as simple as just brushing your teeth every morning. What is working for you? So this is where you're going to write that down. Because we don't need to like, you know, reinvent the wheel here. If you have like a pretty good morning routine, you just want to make it a little better. Cool. If there's like one thing that you do, if it's brushing your teeth and you can add to that, to make it your ultimate morning routine. Amazing. Okay. 
our next question is what are my top three priorities in the morning? So these are your must do tasks. For example, do you need to get to work by 9 a.m.? Or do you need to get your kids ready for school by a certain time? Are you do you have to make sure you eat breakfast? Do you have to feed your dog? Do you have to be logged onto your computer by eight or something like that? So these are the tasks that you have to get done no matter what. And then your next question is what are my non-negotiables? So these can be things that you either need to do or won't do or combo both. So for example, this could be getting dressed, brushing your teeth, drinking a glass of water, or getting dressed, not getting on social media, and eating breakfast. So ideally, this list should be pretty short, no more than like two to four things maximum. And so once you write down your must-do tasks and your absolute non-negotiables, anything else that you want to be part of your routine, you can add to your wish list. So this is your last part here. The things on your wish list might not always happen, and it won't be the end of the world if they don't. By adding these to your routine, you'll be more likely to have them at the top of your mind, so you'll do them more often. So these could be things like taking a morning walk, getting in the sauna for 20 minutes, reading a chapter of a book, um, and things like that. Okay, so now you know when you ideally want to wake up, and you know what time you have to do your must-do tasks, like what when you have to be done with your morning routine so you can get to work on time. And that should give you a window of time where you can kind of play around with what your morning routine looks like. You can add in your non-negotiables first and figure out how much time you can allot for those things. And then fill the rest of that time in with things from your wish list. So if you're going to wake up at 7.30... Um, and then you're going to brush your teeth, you're going to do your skincare, you're going to make the bed. Um, this is part of part of my morning routine. That usually will take like 20 minutes. Um, and then you're going to make breakfast. And, you know, but you don't need to be logged in for work until 9.30 or 10. That's for me. I know most people can't start work that late, but <laughs> that's usually when I start working. And so I have a, a lot of time in the morning to, you know, kind of like get my day organized. I do some journaling. Um, sometimes I'll try to go on a walk. I usually try to get some form of like sunlight in my face in the morning, whether that's like sitting out on my porch or going for a short walk for 10 minutes. Um, so stuff like that. So you can kind of, once you get in your absolutely need to do's, you can start kind of filling in, um, some of these things that you want to do. Yay. Okay. Now you have your ideal morning routine. Okay. Now just for a reality check here and starting to achieve this routine, you aren't going to have a perfect morning routine every time. You aren't always going to wake up at your ideal wake up time. Some days you might wake up with a dog vomit on the carpet or an obnoxiously early meeting on your calendar. And yes, I say this from personal experience, (laughs) especially the dog vomit one. So fun. So you're going to have to be flexible, but knowing what your ideal is gives you a reference point of what you're always aiming for. So when you do have a morning that forces you to alter your routine, you can stick to your must-do tasks and your non-negotiables, and your wish list stuff can wait until tomorrow. That's why it's important to have these tiers of importance for certain things. You inevitably will have to let some stuff go sometimes, and knowing what you can let go of without really throwing your morning for a loop will help you stay on track and feel good even when you're having a really crazy morning. So I found for myself that since I started incorporating this strategy for my morning routine, even when I have days where I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was a day. 
I still find that I'm a lot more productive and I've done a lot more things for myself. And so on days that are super crazy, I'm not completely throwing all of my self-care completely out the window. You know, I still made my bed. I still brushed my teeth. I still made breakfast. Um, Even if I'm not able to work out or go for a walk outside or journal, you know, that doesn't always happen. Um, But I can do those bare minimum things that at least make me feel productive and good. And so like when I end the day, it's not like, oh my gosh, what a day. It's just, it's, it just makes my day a little bit just feels a little bit better. So now that we have our morning routine, you can repeat this process with your evening routine too, and there'll be a whole little chunk of the worksheet for your evening routine, so you can do the same thing. But I recommend working on mastering your morning routine first and not trying to make too many changes at once. Once you're feeling solid about your morning routine and it has just become a natural and habitual part of your morning, then you can repeat this process with your evening routine. It took me probably about two months of practicing my morning routine before it became total habit and I felt like I had the brain space to start working on my evening routine because like we talked about before, you know, decision fatigue is a thing. And so if you are trying to change you know, four hours out of your day into something really intentional, that can be really challenging and you're probably going to set yourself up to not succeed. So I would definitely recommend start with that morning routine, kind of figure out the process, um, figure out what works for you, figure out what doesn't work for you. You can kind of have a little time of trial and error. That definitely happened for me. There were, you know, things that I've moved around where I found, you know, I started like reading first thing in the morning because I just found it really hard to like jump right out of bed and do stuff in the morning. It's I'm a really slow waker upper. Is that a word? Um, So I just found that like reading for 20 minutes in the morning helped me to like kind of get my brain working while still being in my bed and being warm. Um, And so that's one thing that I like changed around. I hope this is fun. I hope you guys aren't totally sick of listening to my voice. (laughs) And I hope what I'm saying is making sense. I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine that you guys are just like sitting in front of me and we're having like a little session. So I hope this feels I hope this feels personal because I feel like it is. <laughs> okay, so now that we are masters of the morning routine. I want to talk to you guys about another strategy that is super helpful called habit stacking. You have maybe heard of this before, and this is the idea that you pair something that you want to do with something that you are already in the habit of doing. For example, if you want to remember to drink a glass of water every morning, you put a glass of water next to your sink where you already go first thing in the morning to brush your teeth. So you're going to brush your teeth and then you're like, oh, there's the water right there. So you're stacking those habits together. If you already are in the habit of making lunch for work in the morning and you want to start eating breakfast regularly as well, you should make yourself breakfast while you're also putting your lunch together. 
And the reason why this is awesome is because habit stacking makes it much easier to establish new habits because you aren't having to establish a new behavior from scratch. You're just modifying a behavior that you already do. So you're already like, you know, you're already walking to the sink and, you know, you're, you're in that spot. So just having the glass of water there ready to go, it's very, very minimal effort to start incorporating that task or, you know, you're already in and out of the fridge while you're putting your lunch together. So it's not that much more work to like grab a yogurt and eat breakfast. Okay. So the next part of our worksheet, or if you are going old school and writing it down on a piece of paper, write down some habits that you already have and what time of the day you do those things. So like I said, write it down, fill it in your worksheet. And now you have an idea of habits that you can add to when you want to start establishing new habits. So if you, you know, most of us brush our teeth at least once, if not twice a day, now that you have your list of some of the habits that you do every day, now you can make a list of habits that you want to establish and start pairing them with the things that you already do. So for example, um, I have had clients in the past who really wanted to start doing some exercise when they got home from work. Um, and like our example earlier, it can be really tough to start that habit because with your work day, you're already like very tired by the time you get home from the work day. Um, but something that I found that worked with quite a few people, they would get home and the minute they got home from work, they would just go on a walk around the block. They wouldn't even go inside. They would just get home from work, go on a walk around the block. And so that was a great way to incorporate a little bit of movement in their day that they didn't have before. So that can be really transformational. So don't underestimate how transformational these really small changes can be. Um, and especially to like people who didn't drink any water. Um, most of you probably drink a decent amount of water. You're probably pretty well hydrated. But if you're not, you know, whenever you have a meal drink a glass of water or do the thing when you brush your teeth in the morning, drink a glass of water. On to one of my new favorite topics because it's literally changed my life. And that is setting boundaries with social media. So I have done pretty much all of the things to set boundaries with social media, but until now I have not discovered a strategy that has actually helped me to break out of the actual addiction that I was experiencing with social media. Most of us know by now that social media is designed to be addictive and by golly, they sure succeeded. So how often do you pick up your phone to check an email or a note or respond to a text and suddenly it's been half an hour and you've been scrolling on social media and you have no idea why you even picked up your phone. It's like you black out and then all of a sudden 45 minutes have gone by and you're like, why am I looking at the stories of one of my coworkers from 10 years ago? don't even really care anymore about their life, but I'm looking at their story and I don't even remember why I picked up my phone. Oh yeah. I meant to like look at my grocery list. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I know you can't see me, but I'm raising my hand. That is me. And I know I'm not alone. I have done all the things from setting my screen time limits to deleting the app off my phone. Um, but I always have still struggled to find a balance with social media. And until now, it's been super all or nothing. I'm either on my phone for hours a day, or I take a complete break 
and delete the app and I don't go on there for a week, which is not a great solution. (laughs) That's a big part of my business. And I know that a lot of us are in this boat. For so many of us, I think we would just really prefer to like delete the app and never go on social media ever again. But it is really, really helpful and super important for so many of us for our businesses. So a lot of us have to be on social media for our businesses, but it's really hard to find that balance of how to be intentional with it and not let it totally take over your life. (laughs) It's almost like if you had a job as like an, uh, an alcohol taste tester, but you were an alcoholic and then you went home and it was like, okay, well now you can't drink any alcohol for pleasure, but only for your job. (laughs) It's just, it's really weird. Um, And I don't know if ever, probably not, probably never in human history have we been faced with something that has a lot of benefits, but is also incredibly addictive and also very overstimulating. Um, And one thing that I found to be really interesting is the more I've been able to set these boundaries with social media and become more intentional, my nervous system is so much happier. And I'm so much more stable and calm in general. But then I can feel as soon as I do start to scroll, especially on like TikTok or Instagram, I immediately feel stressed out. (laughs) And I just immediately will feel like the FOMO or like, oh my gosh, this person's doing this. I'm not doing this. Or, oh my gosh, they said that they have this kind of water filter. Well, I have this water filter. And what if that one's better than this one? Maybe I should research that water filter and see if it's really better than mine. Or, you know, oh my gosh, their content is so good and they're posting so much content. And maybe I need to post more content. Oh my gosh, I haven't posted content in a week. (laughs) I need to go make some content. (laughs) Uh, Please tell me I'm not the only one (laughs) that feels that way. Anyway, um, yeah, so... The reason why that being able to have these boundaries um, has been so transformative for me, one of the big reasons is I can just feel that my nervous system is happier. And that is really great. I do think that social media is just so overstimulating. And especially with the wellness content, um, it can be really overwhelming when you're trying to do a lot of stuff. Um, Maybe you are currently on a healing journey and you are spending a lot of time trying to like investigate and research and kind of figure out what's going on but then you're getting kind of like you know social media is almost it's like drinking from a fire hose like you're just getting so much information all at once um and then with tiktok something that i i read this recently somewhere um, and thought it was really interesting and a really good point somebody pointed out the fact that when you're scrolling, it happens with reels too on, on Instagram. When you're scrolling through all of this stuff, your body and your brain are experiencing so many different emotions super, super fast. And there's already been research done that shows, um, I think it gets better. I'm, I'm not an expert at this, so don't quote me, but um, our brain has a really hard time deciphering things that are real and like things that are happening to us versus things that we're seeing like in TVs or movies. Um, So I know like as an actor, um, being in a scene that's like really traumatizing where maybe I'm playing a character where my mom died or something or a friend died or or something really traumatic, um, 
your body actually can like hold that trauma and that can be, you know, just not great for your nervous system. A lot of us, especially if we're on a healing journey, we're trying to unpack trauma and heal from trauma. Um, and so when you are on social media and you're scrolling and scrolling and you're seeing a video of puppies and then you're seeing a video of somebody who has cancer and then you're seeing a video of somebody who got their car smashed in and then you're seeing somebody that fell on ice and slipped and then you're seeing a video of a baby pony um you are going through a lot of different feelings really fast and that's stressful for your body and for your nervous system and for your brain imagine just like that your brain is processing all of these feelings really fast um and so that can be really just destabilizing and stressful for the body so that's just something to keep in mind. And that's something that I've definitely tried to be a lot more mindful of as I'm consuming content on social media. Um, so now, you know, I try to keep, when I do scroll, I try to keep my scrolling sessions shorter, you know, maybe for like 20 or 30 minutes instead of literally sitting there for two hours, just you know, going through all of these 30 second little stories that, you know, some are happy, some are sad, some are scary, some are stressful. And it's just, it's a lot for our brains. So that is why I really have been determined for a long time to figure out how to set these boundaries for myself um, and how to make my relationship with social media healthier. The solution that I have finally discovered, drum roll please, <laughs> It is an app called Opal. And I actually had this app downloaded on my phone for like months and months before I actually ever used it. I downloaded it on Impulse after seeing an ad for it, which kudos, Opal, good ad. Speaking of ads, this is not an ad for this app at all in any way. Um, it'd be really cool if they wanted to pay me. Um, but no, it's just really great. And it's been so helpful for me. So this is why I'm sharing it with you guys. Um, but yeah, I ended up rediscovering it recently when I was just at my wit's end with social media. And this app has literally changed my life. So the idea is that it allows you, it's, and it, it's called Opal, O-P-A-L, but it allows you to basically set parental controls and block certain apps for certain time periods. You can go into the app and unlock the block, but it's a huge pain in the butt. And this creates something called a friction point. Essentially, you're making it harder to do a behavior that you habitually or mindlessly do. Therefore, giving your brain the time to stop and think, wait, do I actually want to be doing this right now? Creating friction points helps us break out of habits that we want to stop doing because the time and annoyance that these friction points cause gives our four thinking brain time to kick in and say, hey, wait, remember, I don't want to be doing this. So now if I want to go on Instagram during a time when I have the app set to be blocked, I have to first search for the app in Opal in my folders, which I purposely make it hard to access. I have to open the app. I have to click into a section that says take a break. Then the app makes me count down 10 seconds. So they're even creating these friction points within the app, which I think is great. Then I have to type in my reason why I want to open Instagram, and then I can select a time to pause the block for up to 15 minutes. So for example, sometimes like why I'm, I might need to unblock the app is if I 
don't have somebody's phone number and I need to get a hold of them. I need to send them a DM. So I'll have to go in, you know, I have to, I have to search for the app, click into the app. I have to click, take a break. I have to type in, send a DM to so-and-so, and then I'll say, you know, take a break for 15 minutes. And then I can click out of Opal and then click into Instagram, but I only have 15 minutes before it locks me out again. So I have to really quickly accomplish what I needed to do. So send that DM, maybe make a post, um, reply to a comment or something like that. But basically it's a huge pain in the butt and it has completely killed my mindless open phone and click on Instagram habit um, because it, it takes five extra minutes, maybe not five minutes, but maybe three minutes to actually get to a point where I can open Instagram. So that's plenty of time for my prefrontal cortex, for my thinking brain to be like, um, excuse me, remember resetting boundaries with social media. Stop this. So another thing that I love with Opal and one of the ways that I use it is that you can use it with the focuses feature. I don't know if Android has this option, um, but with iPhone, as I'm sure many of you know, um, you can set different focuses so you can have different like configurations of apps um, or like different settings during different focuses. So for example, I have like a morning focus, I have a work focus, I have a sleep or like a bedtime focus. And so you can use Opal along with this focus feature to tailor which apps you can open when. So I'll explain exactly how I use it so I can give you an example. So I have it set to block all email, social media, shopping, um, like Amazon, and all other apps that send me just notifications until 10 a.m. And this means that for my entire morning, I'm not getting any notifications. I can't lay in bed and check my email first thing. I can't scroll Instagram while I'm eating breakfast. This has improved my mornings. I can't, I can't guys, this has improved my mornings by about 8,000%. My mornings are so much more intentional. They're so much, honestly, more productive. Um, and just not having the option to have that like dopamine hit of scrolling. Because of course, how many of us typically are eyes open and we pick up the phone and we look at Instagram or we look at TikTok? I know that was me for however many years. I know that's, I, I know I'm not alone. But that gets your brain set from the moment you wake up to wanting that dopamine hit all morning and all day, really. So then you're kind of a slave to your phone for the entire day. Sorry, that was a tangent. But <laughs> but then at 10 a.m., my phone switches to the work focus. And in that focus, I have all social media, Amazon and shopping things, Target. I can't get any notifications that any sales are going on at Target. Um, and then anything else that sends me notifications in that uh, focus, in that work focus. Um, but I do have access to my email. So I can check my email. I can start my work day. But I'm not getting anything, any distracting notifications. And I can't get on social media. Then at 4 p.m., the work focus turns off and I can get on social media. But usually by this time, 
I am spending this time posting and replying to DMs and actually being productive on social media because my brain has gone all day without the dopamine hit of scrolling. And so I'm able to be way more intentional on the app. So I find that even if I do start scrolling, I kind of start to feel like I'm just more in touch with the way that scrolling makes me feel because I'm not starting my day that way. And so after like 10 or 15 minutes, I'll kind of be like, eh, I'm over this. Or like, eh, this is making me feel kind of icky. And I'll be able to to like stop myself right away. And I won't be just sitting on my phone for an hour um, in a scroll hole. Um, so then at 7 p.m., my phone goes into sleep focus where almost all my apps are blocked again. And the only notifications I can get are like if a close family member texts or calls, um, basically just so I'm not like completely unreachable if there's an emergency. And then I can have a super intentional evening. And now I actually can sit and watch a movie with my boyfriend (laughs) with my full attention instead of half paying attention to the movie while also scrolling TikTok and having to ask him what happened every 10 minutes. (laughs) And I know he really appreciates that. Um, and if there are any guys listening, I'm sure that, um, I know that he's not the only one (laughs) who gets annoyed when I'm like, wait, oh my gosh, I was just watching this TikTok and I forgot what's going on in the movie. I've been talking for a while and honestly, sitting here in my sauna, I have upper lip sweat because who would have thought that, you know, being in a sauna actually makes you sweaty. <laughs> I don't have it turned on. I'm just sitting in here. I have like a like a big blanket over the top of it too to kind of like try to make it sound more, I don't know, dense. Um, and so I am in here sweating. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up. But before I go, I wanted to talk about two more strategies that I have found to be really helpful. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about is meal planning. Um, because I know, oh my gosh, meal planning is so hard. You guys, it is hard. And I'm a nutritionist and I think that meal planning is hard. And I work with people every single day who are like, oh my gosh, I want a meal plan so bad, but it is so hard. And yeah, I know I get it. I get it because I want a meal plan. I do. I want to meal plan and I want to be able to be like, I can do it. You can do it too. But it is so hard for me. And I've tried so many different things. I have tried writing it on my fridge. I have tried printing out a little paper and filling it out. I have tried making a note in my phone. I've even tried, I've made a whole meal planning worksheet on Notion, which actually you can download that on my website too, if that works for you. Um, But I have another app that I want to share with you guys. It's called Mela, M-E-L-A, which is really funny because if I'm typing and I'm this, I don't know, maybe this is how they came up with the idea. But if I'm typing meal really fast, sometimes I'll type M-E-L-A instead of M-E-A-L. So I don't know, maybe that's how they came up with the name. But it, it is an app called Mela and it is just a really awesome app. I don't know if they have it for Android, but it's I have it on my Mac desktop and on my phone. So Mela is this app where you can import or create your own recipes, or you can import recipes from websites, blogs, the internet. There is also a scan feature, which I think works for like cookbooks and printed out recipes. I have not tried that yet, so I don't know how well 
that actually comes over um, into the the digital universe. Um, But I have tried both creating my own recipes and pulling recipes from the internet, and it just works super well. But what I love about it is you can categorize everything by tags into like what I do for mine you can create your own so you can totally just customize the way that you organize it but I have all the different types of protein as a tag um and then like the method of cooking so if it's like a um slow cooker meal if it's an instant pot meal if it's a meal prep meal um you also can categorize them by breakfast lunch and dinner so what I have started to do is put all of my recipes into this as a database. And I'm trying to get better about actually writing down my recipes so that I can share them with you guys. So hang in there. I am going to be releasing more of my recipes um, as time goes on for you guys. Um, And this structure is actually really helping me do that. Um, But I also have, like if I find, even on Instagram, if I find a recipe that somebody made um, that looks really good, I will save it and I will put it in Mela. And then what you can do is you can go through your database of recipes and you can put them in the calendar and you can sync this calendar with your Google calendar or your iCal, which is so helpful. I know, I don't know about you guys, but I live by my Google calendar. And so having my meal plan in my Google calendar is so, so helpful. So this has just been a game changer for me in being able to actually meal plan because I can keep all of my recipes that I find, whether they're ones that I make myself. And even if I don't have the recipe, I will just, I'll create a new recipe and write in the title and like maybe a couple of notes um, and, and put that in the calendar. So I know even if I don't have the full recipe written out, I still have that name in the calendar of, okay, I'm going to make that this week. Um, you know, I'm going to make that for lunch. And, you, and it lets you um, organize it by breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, I also have a recipe that just says leftovers. So if I'm having leftovers for the week, I can easily just like stick in you know, we're having leftovers for lunch or we're having leftovers for dinner. So that's in my calendar as well. And it's just really helpful. And then the other thing that makes it cool is that you can like click through to the recipe and add the ingredients for each recipe to your grocery list, which will then be a list in your reminders on your phone. So it's just really easy to kind of organize everything. You can see what kind of what the groceries you're going to need for the week. Um, or if you already have, you know, oh, I have a chuck roast or I have chicken breast or I have a piece of fish um, that I need to cook. Then you can go into your recipes and like click into chicken and say, okay, what are my chicken recipes? Cool. I'm going to make chicken tacos this week with the chicken that I already have. What are the other ingredients that I need? Cool. Um, And it just really helps to streamline the meal prep process, which is so clutch, so helpful. Okay, so app app recap. We talked about Notion, and I'm going to put links for all these in the description if you want to look in them more in look in I've been talking (laughs) been talking for too long. If you want to look into them more. The links will be in the description. So we talked about Notion. We talked about Opal, my favorite social media app. 
We talked about Mela, which is my favorite meal planning app. Um, And then I mentioned this a little bit, but I am a big Google Calendar gal. I am, and many of you probably are too, but if you're not, I have found it to be really incredibly helpful. And the way that I use my Google Calendar is for time mapping. Um, And it was a huge wake-up call to me when I started doing this because I wrote down all of the things I wanted to do every day or every week and about how many hours it would take me to do those things. And I realized that I needed about 36 hours in a day to be able to accomplish everything that I wanted to do. And I am a perpetual, um, I'm very poor with time management. I'm very perpetually um, just like late to things or not in, never late to like appointments, but just in doing things. Like I, I don't have a good grasp. I'll say, oh, I'll be done in 20 minutes and it'll be an hour later and then I'll be done. So I'm just, I have a hard time grasping like how long things actually take. And so I'm really bad about taking on too many tasks being like, oh yeah, I can totally do that. Oh yeah, I can totally do that. And then all of a sudden I'm working until like 10 PM because I took way too many things on and I underestimated how long all those things would take. So time mapping and actually writing out on my Google calendar, how long, or not time mapping, time blocking. I'm, I guess apparently my brain turns to mush after talking for an hour. Um, Time blocking. (laughs) So after time blocking and really looking at how long things take, and then assuming that I want to work an eight hour day and then have time to also have a life and relax a little bit, watch a little TV in the afternoon, have my morning and evening routine, make sure I'm having time to eat lunch every day. Um, you know, being able to cook meals and stuff like that. I had to really get real with myself about how many things I actually had time to do each day. And so just putting that out, I'm a, I'm a very visual learner or, and, and just, I, I need to see things. Like I just need to see things on, on my screen. And so actually writing out and having those blocks of things. And then, you know, now I have like a block every day for my morning routine. I have a block every day for my evening routine. I have my Mela app synced with my Google calendar so I can see what I want to have for lunch and dinner every day and kind of just how long it's going to take me to make those things realistically. You know, if I'm going to have beef stew, which is on my (laughs) calendar for today for dinner, if I'm going to have beef stew, I have to actually make the beef stew. So I have to find the time in my day to make the beef stew. So actually just having all of that set out and established has been really helpful for me. And then on the topic of time management, the last app that I want to share with you guys that I really like and use all the time is called Session. And again, this is an iPhone app. I'm not sure, unfortunately, of an Android alternative to some of these apps. Um, But for Mac, Apple, products. This app called Session is really helpful and it's a time tracking app and 
it allows you it's it's pretty flexible i don't like the timer apps that are strictly like pomodoro timers where you can't change the time because sometimes i'm like well this task is taking me 35 minutes and if you're gonna make me take a break at 25 minutes i'm just not gonna listen um but the app session allows you to track your time and track how long it takes you to do different tasks Um, and you can like change the task and then it will put it on a little like calendar for you and you can just see how long it actually took you to complete a task. Um, And so this is really helpful for me if you're at all a freelance worker and you are tracking your time for certain projects. This is really helpful. Um, But even if you're not doing work like that, it's just really helpful to see how long it actually takes you to do things so you can have a better idea of realistically just your time and what what you're spending your time doing um and so you know and also like if you leave your computer for a period of time it'll kind of take that into consideration and say oh you might be distracted um and so that's really helpful and it it establishes like you can kind of change the settings on it but it'll establish break times for you so if you work for you know you can do like a classic pomodoro method where it's 25 minutes of work five minute break um, but you can also like extend that. You can change it. Um, you can make your break time however long you want. You can make your work time however long you want. Um, and it's just really helpful to not only be able to kind of establish that pattern of deep work break um, so that you can have really useful focused deep work, um, but also so that you can just see your time and how long it takes you to do things. Um, And I've definitely found in doing that, I will look at a project and go, oh yeah, that'll totally take me 20 minutes. And then it'll take me an hour. (laughs) And just being able to see that. And then also, you know, like I said, because I do freelance work, um, being able to value my time properly and value projects properly. So if I give somebody a, um, an estimate of how long something's going to take and it takes me twice as long, um, then I'm not doing a very good job at my job and I'm also undervaluing my, my time. Um, yeah. So (sighs) that was a lot of talking. Um, I hope that that was helpful for you guys. Um, I know that this is something that I've really been diving into because it's a big issue for me. Um, And I see it with so many of my clients. I saw it with literally hundreds of people that I worked with um, at this previous company that I was working for. I see it in my clients that I work with today. And I, you know, I see it in myself, you know, like each of us is our, our own number one client or patient, you know, right? So this is something that I've really been diving into over the last couple of months. And really, I've been so determined to just like figure this out, like figure out how to be super intentional with my time so I could fit in as many of these like self-care, healthy, helpful things for myself. And a lot of you know that I have recently, well, it's not super recent now, it's been like a year and a half, um, but I've been on this healing journey for myself. And it got to a point where I was working a lot, you know, and that's not unique, you know, obviously, like we all have to work. Um, And it was feeling like I had two full-time jobs because I was having to spend so much time doing all like, you know, getting in the sauna or taking an Epsom salt bath and making food for myself and, you know, something like 
going to doctor's appointments and like, you know, just like so many things um, that it was just really stressing me out. And I started to really audit my time and audit where I was spending time, auditing where my attention was going and trying to figure out like, okay, how can I build more free time in for myself? How can I build in more time to just kind of chill? And especially as I've gotten more into, you know, learning about the nervous system, doing the nervous system work and trying to help my body reach a place of feeling calm and safe because I know for me with the mast cell stuff, um, that has been a huge thing for me is, is feeling safe, feeling grounded, feeling calm in my body. And so I was finding that because I was not great at time management and because I was wasting a lot of time scrolling um, and I was wasting a lot of time because I, I wasn't managing my time well, I was kind of always in this state of being reactive and I always felt like I was kind of behind and I was just trying to like get through each day and there really wasn't any intention to my day and my time. And so in the last couple of months, I've been just like obsessed with trying to turn that around. And instead of being reactive, being proactive with my day and having me control my day instead of my day control me. So now instead of waking up and looking at social media, checking my email and immediately just being kind of on red alert for like, okay, what do I need to do today? Oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. And just feeling really stressed out. Instead, now my morning is my morning. It is my sacred time for myself. It is my time to, you know, wake up, center my day, um, and feel like in charge of my day. And then I can kind of sit down and, you know, I, I journal every morning, but I don't really, like, I don't sit down and, like, write paragraphs. I sit down and I, I look at my calendar you know, I'll maybe check my email. Usually I do some of this the night before, so I don't usually need to check my email right away. Um, but I'll sit down and I'll write out my top three priority tasks for the day. And then if I have anything more to do than those top three tasks, I'll have my like would be nice tasks, which may or may not get done. They might have to get pushed to the next day um, because, right, I'm trying to be realistic with my time. And so then I kind of have a plan for my day. And I know what I'm going to eat. Um, I have my my time blocked tasks where I kind of know every step of my day what I'm doing next. So there's never really a question of like, okay, what now? Like, oh gosh, I have to get this done. Oh, you know. And so my day is never reactive. My day is now really proactive. And I have found that that brings me so much peace and stability and even if I have now, you know, if someone sends me a message and says, oh, hey, can you, is there any way you can get, you know, this like quick project done today? Um, you know, or can you do this thing today? I'm able to do it because I don't have really any decision fatigue because my whole day is already kind of planned and it's a lot easier for me to be flexible and to pivot um, and to make quick decisions well without getting super frazzled because I already have so much structure and so much stability in my day. And like I said at the beginning of this long podcast, um, everybody's different. 
And so this is something that I have found after trying so many different things. You guys have tried, <laughs> I've tried so many things. Um, I love productivity apps and I have downloaded them all. <laughs> I've tried all of them. Um, but this is really a structure and a system that I have found works for me. And so I encourage you to, you know, try some of these things and, you know, maybe a couple of them work for you and not all of them do, or maybe none of this works for you, but it gets you on the path of kind of finding out a system that really works for you. But the the priority that I would just recommend that you find and that has really helped me is to find a way to be proactive with your time and with your day and not reactive. I think that so many of us are in that place right now where we're just, you know, especially, gosh, since 2020, like who else? Raise your hand (laughs) if you still feel like we are all mentally and emotionally still recovering from 2020 because I certainly feel like I am sometimes. I feel like we're all, we all tend to be in this place. The world moves so fast and there's so much going on. We have so much to do all of the time. You know, whether that's you're in school, you have a job, you have a side hustle, you have kids, you know, you're you're trying to be creative, you're trying to, you know, be a super mom or, you know, the best girlfriend or wife or boyfriend or husband and all of these things. We're all trying to do so many things. And being able to be proactive with your day just gives you so much more power and allows you to really become the person that you want to be instead of, you know, kind of letting the wind blow you whichever way the day goes. It just gives you a lot of strength and a lot of security in your day. So that is what I implore you (laughs) to try to strive for in your day and hopefully some of these tips and some of these resources will help you a little bit in working to achieve that. Um, yeah. And before I sweat my face off, my, my upper lip sweat is, uh, starting to become a problem. Um, (laughs) as I sit here in the sauna, I'm honestly really surprised that I have been able to talk to you guys for about an hour. Um, and, sound relatively coherent. I hope that all made sense. And I hope that was helpful for you guys. Um, Like I said, I have this worksheet created for you guys, um, or at least I will (laughs) by the time this episode goes live. And that will be in Notion. That'll be in the description um, below. And actually, maybe I'll try to make it a PDF too, in case you don't want to get Notion. You can always print it out as a PDF. I'm going to see if I can figure out how to do that. So hang tight. But all of the resources will be in the description of this episode. The apps that I mentioned, Notion, um, Opal, Mela, and Session. Um, Is it Session or Sessions? Session. Um, All of those links are going to also be in the description. Um, And none of this, just as a blanket statement, I am not an affiliate for any of these products. Um, They are just all things that I use and really, really, really like, and all of these things have really helped and um, been able to kind of transform my workflow and the way that I structure my day. Um, Yeah, but that's all I have for you guys for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Let me know if you like 
this type of like solo show if you like me just monologuing to you guys um because i definitely will do them more often i have more guests scheduled um in the next couple of episodes in the in the coming weeks um so you are not going to have to listen to me ramble all the time if you don't like this style of show. Um, but either way, I would love to hear your feedback. I appreciate everything you guys say, whether positive or constructive criticism. I don't think anyone's had anything negative to say, which I do, of course, really appreciate. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you listening to the show and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And until the next episode, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.